I should not be the exception, but I did have the privilege of learning to code at a young age and the determination to keep trying, regardless of initial difficulties or frustrations. Not everyone will aspire to be a computer scientist, but anyone looking for a way to express and create should give coding a chance. One way or another, find your own creative path and use it to develop a passion and a voice. From there, expand your reach, develop your confidence, and do not be shy about knocking on the biggest, scariest doors that you can find. Thank you. Welcome back to Apex. I'm your host, Carlos, and today's episode is something that I've been working on for quite some time, and I'm very excited to share with you guys. I was very excited to bring on several guests, yes, guests, to the show to interview with. So if you notice that there are two more episodes in the lineup, those are really just interviews that are related to this episode, but adding them to this one episode would be far too long and would just not really give the proper attention to those interviews as I want them to so I recommend you guys listening to those interviews after you're done with this episode because the guests that I had on there are very extraordinary people and you know we had a great conversation and I really would recommend you guys actually highly recommend you guys to go on and listen to them and I'm very thankful for them for being on to the show so yeah uh, without further ado let's just get into it Every year, the world celebrates International Women's Day, a holiday that was honored for the first time on March 19, 1911, by Austria, Denmark, Germany, and Switzerland. That day, thousands of people in those countries participated in rallies calling to end discrimination and for women to be given more rights. It didn't take too long for the movement to spread to other countries, and in 1975, International Women's Day was officially recognized by the United Nations. Since then, it has expanded into a month-long celebration of the many contributions that women have made to history, culture, and society. In fact, this year's theme was Women Providing Healing, Promoting Hope, which, according to the organizers, is, quote, both a tribute to the ceaseless work of caregivers and frontline workers during the, this ongoing pandemic, and also recognizing the thousands of ways that women of all cultures have provided both healing and hope throughout history." End quote. While March is considered International Women's Month, celebrations are more often held on March 8th, which is globally recognized as International Women's Day. It is observed in different ways across the world. For instance, in Italy, sprigs of yellow mimosa flowers are passed around as a symbol of female unity and strength. Meanwhile, in the United Kingdom, there is a three-day event called Women of the World, which brings together lecturers, activists, and even celebrities who discuss the countless issues affecting women worldwide. In other countries, there are rallies and protests that are held to address problems such as period stigma and gender inequality. For example, this year in New York City, a representative from a nonprofit called Undocumented Women's Fund spoke about the need to defend the rights of female immigrants. Among the many issues brought up during the International Women's Month is the lack of women in the STEM industry. 
According to the research from the American Association of University Women, quote, girls and women are systematically tracked away from science and math throughout their education, limiting their access, preparation, and opportunities to go into these fields as adults. They make up only 28% of the workforce in STEM, and men vastly outnumber women majoring in most STEM fields in college. The gender gap are particularly high in some of the fastest growing and highest paid jobs of the future like pure science and engineering." End quote. Additionally, in 2019, the United States Census Bureau found that despite women making up nearly half of the country's entire workforce, only 27% of them worked in STEM. As disturbing as these figures are, they're fairly unsurprising. Given the challenges that women in STEM are forced to confront almost every day, the problems start early when stereotypes about women's abilities and their career desires end up undermining the mathematical and technical abilities of young girls, which often results in them abandoning their ambitions. In an article for the website Idiotopia, journalist Carly Berwick mentioned a study conducted back in 2015 when, quote, Israeli researchers divided sixth grade exams into two sets for grading. One batch was graded by the teachers that included students' names, and the other contained no students' names and was graded externally. In math, the teachers graded boys higher, while the external graders rated girls higher. Those low teacher grades then dissuaded girls for years to come. End quote. But the problem doesn't end there. The women who manage to get into STEM often face discrimination and harassment from their male colleagues. Some have even been denied opportunities for their career advancement simply because their boss believed in gender stereotypes. More disturbingly is the harassment that pregnant women are subjected to. For instance, in an interview with The Atlantic, a former doctoral student shared out her job at a research center was cut due to funding after she told her supervisor she was expecting. A week later, that same position was offered to one of her friends. The student recalled, quote, I confided in my department chair that I believed I had been fired and discriminated against due to my pregnancy, she replied. And I can quote from memory, verbatim, because I was horrified. Are you sure? Because women in your condition have pregnancy brain and can often misinterpret situations. I realized I was screwed. No job, no support, no health insurance for my upcoming delivery. End quote. Needless to say, the constant abuse takes a toll on women's mental, physical, and emotional health, which understandably leads to them exiting the field. During a 2019 hearing for the, quote, Combating Sexual Harassment in Science Act, unquote, Frank Lucas, the U.S. representative for Oklahoma's 3rd District, shared that harassment was one of the main reasons why only 23% of fem female STEM graduates stay in their careers. Apart from harassment, gender stereotypes have pushed women out of STEM. For example, science and math have traditionally been regarded as subjects where males excel, which is why young girls are subconsciously encouraged to stay away from them. Additionally, the assumption that women prioritize their families over their careers has led to pregnancy harassment, a lack of adequate support in the workplace, and insurmountable barriers to career advancement. Many researchers have attempted to understand this issue, and among them is Dr. Jeff Stone, a psychology professor and current director of the Social Psychology of Sports Laboratory at the University of Arizona. His work mostly focuses on determining how stereotypes and prejudice influence the way people behave. And I actually read a book 
many years ago during high school called Whistling Vivaldi, um, how stereotypes affect us in what we can do by Claude M. Steele. And actually, I took a reference from this book of Dr. Jeff Stone's experiment when he did this in 1997 with a group of other social psychologists at Princeton University where they got two groups of students, uh, one of all white students and one of all black students. And they told them to play a round of golf. And they told both of them that they would be measuring their natural athletic abilities. For the group of white students, they already perplexed the negative stereotype of that they weren't that great at sports. And so most of the students, most of the white students who performed this experiment failed, as opposed to the black students who excelled. So in the second round, um, Dr. Jeff Stone got another, gr another group of students, both white and black, and then he decided to change the wording of this experiment in which he told the black students and also the white students as well that they would be measuring uh, their sports strategic abilities. And for some reason, the black students failed at the round of golf and the white students, surprisingly, excelled. It was very interesting how like the wording of it all affects this as if the negative stereotypes has a way of like determining the outcome of such things. Additionally, Dr. Stone has conducted studies that aim to find out how stereotypes affect the academic performances of athletes. According to him, quote, research indicates that academic faculty and students believe that they're that student athletes are not as intelligent, motivated, or prepared for college courses as traditional students who do not play sports. Consequently, student athletes who perceive that they are the target of a negative stereotype in a classroom context may become concerned that poor and that a poor performance will verify that they are not intelligent, prepared, or motivated as their non-athletic peers. The threat of confirming these negative stereotypes in turn could interfere with their inability to perform up to their academic potential." End quote. Dr. Stone's findings could perhaps be applied to the STEM field, as well as gender stereotypes affect how women are regarded by their male colleagues, and the fear of confirming this bias will undoubtedly influence how female professionals behave. Unfortunately, it's the whole world that loses out in the end. After all, think of the many breakthroughs and advancements we could have had if STEM had more female representation and was not so mirrored in problems like harassment and gender bias. When it comes to women in STEM, one of the most talked about issues is the wage gap. In one study, researchers from Stanford University surveyed a total of 559 engineering and computer science students who graduated between 2015 and 2017. They found that despite having the same grades and grade point averages, women earn $4,000 less in their, in their first jobs compared to their male counterparts. It's easy to attribute this pay gap to discrimination and gender stereotypes. However, based on what the respondents answered when asked about their capabilities, the researchers concluded that it was actually due to the gap of self-confidence. As explained by the article published by the Stanford Graduate School of Business website, quote, compared to their male counterparts, women in the survey applying to engineering and computer science jobs reported feeling less sure of themselves when designing a new product or project, conducting experiments, building prototypes and models, as well as other skills hiring managers look 
or in potential employees. Yet, in actuality, these women possess the same skills as the male applicants." End quote. These findings are corroborated by anecdotal evidence. For instance, Sherry Shepard, one of the researchers behind the study, shared a lot of shared that a lot of female students in her engineering class suffer from imposter syndrome, a term that refers to the mistaken belief that one isn't as competent, as skilled, or as knowledgeable as others think they are. In short, it means feeling like a fake and that all your achievements are due to pure dumb luck, basically. It has been said that women, especially queer women and or women of color, tend to suffer more from imposter syndrome, which is understandable given the negativity and toxicity that they've experienced most of their lives. According to Brian Daniel Norden, a psychotherapist and executive coach based in New York, quote, when you experience systemic oppression or directly or indirectly told your whole life that you're less than or undeserving of success and you begin to achieve things in a way that goes against a long-standing narrative in the mind. Imposter syndrome will occur, end quote. Combined with discrimination and gender stereotypes, imposter syndrome causes women to lose out on a salary increase or career advancement opportunities. In fact, research from a 2019 report showed that in the United States, men hold 62% of the manager level positions while their female counterparts hold a mere 38%. It is also revealed that one in four women believe that their gender hindered them from landing either a raise or a promotion. Wage gap refers to the fact that in America, women and men have different salaries despite doing the same type of work. More specifically, for every dollar a male worker earns, their female counterpart only receives 82 cents. And this can be attributed to various factors. For instance, industries that are traditionally regarded as women's only such as childcare, tend to pay less and offer fewer benefits compared to those whose workforce are dominated by men. There's also the fact that women often have less work experience than men because they are forced to put their careers on hold to take care of disabled loved ones or their children. This is exacerbated by the lack of the corporate support. As of March 2019, a mere 19% of civilian workers had access to paid family leave only 40% were given short-term disability insurance benefits by their employers to help them deal with their own medical needs. Of course, there is also gender discrimination. In 1963, the United States passed the Equality Pay Act, which prohibits employers from paying men and women differently if their roles require the same set of skills and deliverables. Unfortunately, there is a widespread practice, especially in workplaces, that discourage or even prevent employees from openly discussing their salaries. All of these have traditionally been regarded as a major drivers of the wage gap, but in December 2020, when the Stanford University study was published, the lack of confidence that women had in themselves became a contributing factor too. For the researchers behind the study, women earned less than the, at their first job because unlike men, they're less likely to negotiate a salary, which leads to some hiring measures placing them in lower paying positions. This idea is corroborated by a 2015 experiment which found, quote, when there is no explicit statement that wages are negotiable, the men are more likely to negotiate than women. In terms of sorting, we found that men, in contrast to women, prefer job environments where the rules of the wage discrimination are ambiguous. This leads to gender gap being much more pronounced in jobs that leave negotiation of wage ambiguous. End quote. The lack of confidence that women in STEM have could be explained by their gender biases and stereotypes that they grew up with. Not only 
were they dissuaded from science and mathematics, they were also taught that these fields were reserved for boys. A lot of young girls also grew up with the misguided belief that women are more caring, more empathetic, and more understanding, which is why they should opt for careers where these soft skills are required rather than those that are more technical and practical. Because of the confidence and willingness to assert oneself are both seen as important leadership traits, a lack of it means being offered less paid or being passed over for promotions. Unfortunately, women tend to exhibit this more, which is, which is why it's likely that their salaries are significantly less than what their male colleagues earn. Now, while the self-confidence gap has been criticized by some researchers, the Stanford University study makes it clear that it could be a reason why women in STEM have much lower salaries than men. There are a lot of social and cultural factors that contribute to the lack of confidence that women have in themselves, their knowledge, and their abilities. Hopefully, these can all be addressed and resolved before the industry becomes completely dominated by men. So who do I have for today's episode? So as I mentioned earlier, I have guests. So to be more precise, I have three guests, technically. Um, our main guest, the one that I'm interviewing for this episode that you're listening on, is a project manager from NASA, which is so um, big for the show. It's a big honor for me, honestly, just like be able to talk to and sit down with someone of that caliber. Um, how I was able to get such a guest was actually from the GMIS College Bowl. I was at the career fair, and a lot of the jobs that I saw weren't really computer science-related stuff, mostly engineering. So I was just, like, hopping around through, you know, uh, career booths and such. And when I landed on NASA, I met Gabriela, who actually was interested in the show and was interested in doing the uh, interview. Which took me a, a whole, took me aback for a second. I was just like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's, let's do this. And um, since then, we've been coordinating when we'd be able to, uh, you know, do this interview. Thank you for this interview. Her name is Susanna. Uh, a little bit about her. She does a little bit of collaborating with ACM back in the day. And she was able to do some events such as our Women in STEM event, our Google Engineering event, and some other ones. And um, aside from that, she's been a really great friend to me, very helpful uh, with my resume, giving me a lot of great pointers, and just a good person all around. And it was pretty cool that she was able to, you know, sit down with me and with uh, Gabriella to talk about you know, today's topic and such about Gabriella and her experience as being a project manager in NASA, what it was like back then as a college student in STEM, etc. But yeah, and the third person that I want to mention is Catalina. Catalina is someone that I met during the college bowl as well, the same time I met with uh, Gabriella. We were both on the same team for Lockheed Martin, and we were both paired up to do one of the... um the components for the projects of that uh, of that day because there was like daily projects and such. Uh, I got to know her a bit and she was pretty cool and I wanted to ask her if she wanted to do the interview, interview her and also ask questions to Gabriella. She said yes, but unfortunately with scheduling conflicts, she was not able to do this interview, but I was able to ask some of her questions. So she's technically... 
she technically interviewed Gabriela. That's what I'm trying to say. But yeah, all three people I had a great time interviewing with and seeing them in action. Pretty much it. Uh, let's just get to the interview. All right. Welcome, listeners, to the interview portion of today's episode. I am here with two special guests whom I'm very thankful to for them to make time for this episode, especially for this podcast. And I'm very excited to share our guest today. I want to start off with uh, our first guest, Susanna Samoyoa, uh, is someone that you may have heard of if you've been around NACM. She's been helping a lot with the organization. You may have seen her in two or uh, events. One of them was the uh, software engineer from Google event that she brought on as a guest and also the women in STEM event for ACM last year as well. She was a panelist, I believe. And, um, you know, I've been very thankful for the help that she has done for ACM, but also for me as well. She's actually giving me some advice on my resume and I'm very thankful for that because, um, you know, I looked at her resume and I was like very, like, I was like very impressed. I was like, well, she knows what she's talking about. So I'm like, I'm going to just like listen every second of what she says. But yeah, I'm very thankful that she's here today for this episode. But my next guest as well, I'm very excited to share with you is actually a first for this show. Um, I'd like to introduce you to Gabriela Escalera. She's a project manager from NASA. Honestly, didn't expect to get a professional for the show. She's actually our first professional for our show because most of my guests have been either staff or faculty from the University of Houston downtown or students or even just other CS students as well, such as Susanna and also Catalina. Um, so we're going to be doing, me and Susanna are going to be asking uh, Gabriela questions. And uh, just a heads up, most all of the questions I'm going to be asking is actually going to be a guest whom could not make it today due to scheduling conflicts. That would be Catalina Sanchez Mays. I'm very thankful that she had the time to write these questions out for Gabriela. And uh, if you are interested in learning more about Catalina, we did do a separate interview with her as well as Susanna as well. So if you're interested in either both of them, you can listen to them after this interview. I had a great conversation with both just from the perspective of a, a college student. So without further ado, uh, Gabriela, I'd like to ask that, um, you know, earlier in our discussion, in emails, uh, you did. Uh, you told me a bit about yourself, which um, well, actually, I want to do start off with just letting everybody know, like, for both of you guys, why don't you just tell the listeners a bit about yourself, starting with Gabriella. Hey, um, first up, thank you for having me. Um, I'm very excited to have this opportunity to talk to all of you. Um, so a little bit about myself. I am originally from Puerto Rico. I was born and raised. I did a, um, a bachelor's in mechanical engineering with a minor in project management. I, I don't know how far in you want me to go. <laughs> so stop um, me when you want. Um, as, as much as you want to, it's fine. Like just a general like yeah. intro bio. I, I know that you gave a bio and it's like, it's not too lengthy, but you know, it's still, I've, it was still interesting to read. But it's, it's yeah, up to um, I started at NASA as an intern in 2012, super short, short bio, started in 2012 as an intern in propulsion, I got hired as a full-time employee in 2015, and I transitioned into project management last year. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, uh, Susanna? 
Yes. <laughs> so hello, everyone. My name is Sana Samayoa, and I'm originally from Texas, graduated from the University of Houston with a computer science degree. And I also have a background in mechanical engineering. Um, in, in my undergrad, I've done uh, different internships, ranging from my latest one uh, being at SpaceX in California and my first one being at NASA. And sprinkled in between, I've worked at Northrop Grumman, L3 Harris Technologies, and um, also I've done some research from the National Science Foundation and the Department of Education in my background. So yeah, I've been, uh, I've led different types of organizations such as the Society of Women Engineers um, throughout my undergrad. And I'm now as a professional, um, I'm also very integrated within that organization, other STEM affiliated orgs. So happy to be here. See what I mean, guys? You take my advice. You would take my advice if you heard all the experience she's done. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, uh, both of you. So, Gabriela, I'd like to start off with my first question, actually off of what your amazing introduction, that you started off in NASA as an intern, but through a Pathways program. So, Catalina, I wanted to ask you, like, you were introduced through NASA in a Pathways program. What was the name of that program? What was it like? And what made you convert from being an intern through that pathway to full-time at NASA? Uh, so, well, the program itself is called pathways program um i believe now if you look it up it's just it comes out as an intern general intern but it will specify um just so everyone knows uh there's two different types of internships of nasa uh pathways is geared more towards people that do see nasa as their ultimate goal in a way um, once you get hired as a pathway student you're basically a full-time employee uh, all your benefits start at that point uh, you do, it's like, I call it like a really extended um, trial period, right? Um, you don't have, it's not like you have a full-time job guaranteed. Um, it is still an internship, but if your organization is happy with you and your performance, um, they will offer a full-time position at the end of the program itself. Uh, there's some hour requirements for hours that you need to complete. Uh, typically it's about two semesters, um, just to give like a, like um, quick comparison in terms of the hours that you will need to commit to the program. And as the pathway student, you pick when you wanna come. So I was transitioning between school and working at NASA. I did about three rotations. I decided to do that. Um, I, I did um, two semesters, like January to May, January to August. And then I still have one year at school left. So I was like, I'm going to squish in a summer internship in there so they don't forget about me. Because <laughs> by that moment, NASA was my dream. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing the best I could to, to stay with my team and ultimately, you know, find a job. Um, it does not, that's not necessarily for everybody. So NASA does have one-time internships that are summer or semester, whichever is more convenient based on your studies. Interesting. Uh, Suzanne, if you want to take it away. Sure. So my questions are more focused around like women and their leadership styles and, you know, wrapped around that kind of, uh, of focus. So first off, I just wanted to ask you, how would you describe your leadership style and how do you lead others? And what is different from that type of style that you have from a female perspective uh, in comparison to males? from what you've seen in your experience? Ooh, 
I was not ready for this question. This is such a good question. I might want to write it down to like think more about it and like, you know, really it sit is. down and yeah. Well, I'm gonna, layers. I'm, uh, yeah, it does. Um, and I know that as a person who, whenever I was in the, you know, in any kind of team or on the top of the, as far as the supervisory, it's very tricky. So I just wanted to know to get down and into the weeds. Um, so yes. yes. That, that was good and um, <laughs> please please keep me on track to make sure that I hit all the notes because sure. I know it was kind of like a like yeah a if you want I could just say step it again. by step question um but I'll, I'll start and I think okay. I might cover everything but okay, if I cool. miss something I'll please bring it back um I would say my main I don't know if this will be considered a leadership style per se but I definitely take the time to hear from everybody. Um, that for me is essential. Um, teamwork goes above anything else. And that applies to everyone around you, including people that are not part of your team necessarily. Um, I'm In my projects right now, I'm like, oh wait, I met someone two years ago that I know have done this. Let me call them and get their input. And the call I had just before I joined you guys uh, was to talk about tanks. Uh, so I. Again, I was working propulsion, so I know a little bit about tank composition, uh, but the tank that I need to assess is completely different from the one I'm used to. So I was like, hey, is this what you're talking about? If not, like, please give me the technical insight about it. Um, and just be there for your team in general. I, I guess from a female standpoint, due to all the challenges that I face, including starting from college, um, I always extra prepared. <laughs> I don't take anything for granted. Um, like my walk downs, I was the only one that came in with the report. And I'm like, and everyone was like, oh, can I see the report? I'm like, here you go. <laughs> you know, like, and I, I'm, that's a double edged sword, right? Um, that's due because people didn't believe me at some point. So now I feel like I need to work extra hard to get their, their respect, which, it's not fair, but it happens. Um, so that kind of um, built me up, I guess, to the leader that I am today and how I prepare ahead of time. Um, anything, I come from design as well. So everything I do, I have a reason for it. So if anyone's gonna question me, I'm like, this is why I did it. This is my rationale. I will never say because it is what it is. I will never answer that that way ever. Um, if I don't know the answer, obviously I'll go to, I'll direct the question to the person that would be the expert. I will not, I don't fight, fight is not the right word to say it, but I will never um, be close to someone's opinion in that sense. Like if I think differently, I will just discuss it and try to find out where differences are and, and try to go to the root of what drove us to think that way. Um, and yeah, I guess everything summarizes in open communication. Um, I can't really tell you a difference from a male leadership standpoint. Um, I've come across a lot of different leaders throughout my time at NASA and they all, yes, they all have their own different ways of tackling a problem for sure. But I have to say I've been very, um, lucky in a way that they have all been very receptive to listening in that open communication that I was talking about. That's great to hear. Yeah, I 
I personally have worked with some people who are kind of like, it's my way or the highway attitude when it comes from a male perspective, where I've seen a completely different type of perspective and um, type of embraceive attitude when it comes from a woman's leadership style. So that's how I personally always kind of, I mean, like it, you always see like the back and forth between the two, but I definitely have seen a huge difference with like the more methodical sometimes of the, the, the way the, the female leadership has versus a very, very firm hand um, when it comes to leading and, you know, more of a, Hey, this is how we're going to do it. There's not a lot of room for communication or uh, extra opinions. And until it fails, then I'll maybe give you some time to give me your opinion or why it could have been better, you know? So that's how yeah. I've seen it. And I, I have definitely been through that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lead that was answering the question before I finished asking the question. So then he'll be a run on on stuff that I already knew, like treating me like if I don't know type of vibe. And I definitely ended the conversation like, yeah, no, that's not what I'm asking. What I'm telling you is this other thing. This is an issue. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> Please, everyone, don't say that to people. I, I had a relationship with my lead, so I could tell him. I told you so. Um, that's not a good practice, though, if you're starting <laughs> in a company. Yes. Um, but that's another topic conversation. Um, but, yeah, no, I have definitely went through that. But like I said, I always have a reason behind my comments so that really helped me um in that battle because i definitely had meetings like you said that they were like this is the way and that's it and like no, not necessarily um but yeah just having having that background back um i lost my words um having that backup thank you that's the word i was looking for um it's definitely helpful great thank you carlos uh, so it's very interesting for you to say that, uh, Gabriella. I'm just like sifting through uh, Catalina's questions that it made me think about like your experience from there in the working place. Like, so what like got me interested is like, uh, what would you say would be your experience from when you were a college student, seeing as you have your journey through being a STEM professional? What would you say like um, has been your experience as a college student back then? Mm, in what sense in the challenges that i've experienced yeah, if there's a, yeah, yeah if there was any challenges and also if there was any resources for you to like use like like as for winning any of your classes that are related to stem like such as engineering for example um challenges the ones that i was mentioning before um at school i was um, I had really good grades. I don't know how to say that. It sounds weird when I say it that way. <laughs> I was good at my class. I love engineering. I love math. Um, so I didn't have very, I didn't have a lot of issues, I guess, with my classes. Um, I did have that like pushback from my teammates. Um, mm -hmm. I think everyone knows there's only a few female engineers. Um, and during classes, I, I will never forget this project. We're working on it for hours and I told my teammates, like, hey, I think we need to do this. They completely ignored me, continue. Like, two hours later, they look at me, like, oh, we need to do this. I'm like, I look at the time. I was working on something else for the project. I'm like, I told you that, like, two hours ago. But you didn't want to listen, so here we are, <laughs> you know? And they looked at me like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not going gonna to start fighting, you know? Like, we all had our, our sections of the project type of vibe and plan. 
Um, I definitely gained the respect of my teammates, again, by working hard, and they knew I was not there um, slacking, if, I don't, if you know what I mean. Um, same, I guess same as work, is just gaining the respect of others. Um, unfortunately, that's, um, it's a, can't say a culture, but it's a, an issue for female in engineering through the years, which I think has, has gotten better, a lot better. Uh, people listen, people treat us way better. Um, it's still a mindset um, that a lot of, I guess, older generations might, are still adapting. Um, so I definitely got the, the same when I started working. And NASA is really good about inclusion. It's just, there's always, there's always somebody, you know? Um, and they, they don't expect you to come in and be part of the technical team. Like it's kind of like unconscious biases. Uh, people assume automatically like women are not into engineering. I had the discussion like last month, actually, with a friend of mine that he was like, no, because women don't like engineering. Like, but, like, that's not normal. And I'm like, no, we're not exposed to it, which is different because they always assume that we like this or that. And him and another girl, they, she looked at me like, no, you're an exception. And I'm like, no, I mean, maybe, maybe, who knows? But you can't really, you can't really say that without data, right? Without looking at what drove me as an engineer or Susanna um, or any other woman into engineering or science, you know, STEM in general, uh, what made them go into that field versus the one that decided not to. Did they decide not to because of the challenges or because they didn't like it? There's so many things that have not been taken into account for it. But um, yeah, like like I said, it I did I got comments as an intern like, "Oh, you want to break your nails?" I'm like, I don't care about my nails. <laughs> like, why are you bringing that up? Like, I mean, yes, maybe if my nails are pretty, I might not want it to ruin them. You know, like it's hard to make them look good. But, you know, I'm just joking. I, I honestly, I mean, this is a mess. I actually need to fix them. Fun fact. But um, that those type of comments at work are kind of like insulting for me because uh, whether or not your nails are painted has nothing to do with the quality of your work. Whether or not you care about them getting broken, like, doesn't matter. Like, yes, I might, I might get frustrated if because I've been trying to grow them out, you know, for a while. And they, they take that as a, you cannot touch anything. You're not going to try to work the system. You don't want to get in there. I'm a mechanical engineer. So there's systems that we just need to get in there, you know, get dirty in a sense of word. Um, and they always look at you that way. Um, they all, I was moving equipment one day and they look at me like, hey, are you ready for this? This is heavy, you know? And that one, it might have been me, you know, maybe he meant it in a nice way. There's, there's a fact, women are not as strong as men, that's, you know, biologically. Um, but that, I guess, again, through all the challenges and pushbacks I've gotten, sometimes I jump the gun and I think they're making a comment because I'm a woman. So I'm trying to work on that every single day to make sure that, hey, let me, you know, step back, analyze, I guess, in a sense of word, the comment and, and try to see if it's a step at me because I'm a woman or if it's a legit question in general, you know, because uh, who knows, maybe my back was bad and I could not actually lift that thing that I was lifting. You know, it's a, it, it's a mindset. Um, and yeah, there's challenges. They sometimes they don't listen 
I went to a meeting that I was running. I said all the plans. We decided to do a walk down. We go to the walk down. My counterpart, the day of the walk down, says exactly the same thing I said the day before. And everyone's like, oh, we don't need this walk down. And I look at my other teammates. I'm like, didn't I say exactly those words yesterday? And they're like, yes, Gabby. I'm like, okay, thank you. That's all I needed to know. Because sometimes, like I said, you need to step back. Because when you're, when you're getting all these little things at you, because it's not like a big something. I haven't experienced like a big, no, we don't trust you because we're a woman. You know, no one's going to tell you that to your face. It's just little snaps that you're like, is this happening or is it me? It's good to like step back and kind of evaluate the situation. If there's someone that you trust in the situation, ask them, like, how do you perceive it? Is it me? Is it not me? You know, because I have definitely gotten back comments before that I know for sure. It's <laughs> like, okay. Like I was running a meeting one time and I have all my drawings. Like I said, I always go prepared. And the guy sits next to me. He grabs the drone without even looking at me. He looks at it and he gives it back and like, can you go make copies? And I'm like, I look at I, I was so confused by the comment. And then he looks at me, oh, you don't know what the photocopier is? It's okay, don't worry about it. And I'm like, this is my meeting. <laughs> and you're sending me to grab you copies? You were supposed to be prepared. It's my design. I'm running it. You know, he was my contractor. And he was asking me to go and grab him copies. And I'm like, not that I don't want to, but you should have been prepared. At least introduce yourself. At least ask me where I found my drawings. Some type of, you know, conversation, introduction, nothing. He didn't even look at me. He just grabbed my drawings, asked me to get him copies. And then treated me like if I didn't know anything about the building. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is not right. Um, I was not, I was starting. That was my first year as a full-time employee. And to this day, I will never forget it. And just, I guess, advice, never stay quiet. It's never good. Um, no, it's not about fighting either. Um, it's about how, it's hard to tell how to approach this, but it's a middle ground, right? Like politely decline, explain yourself. Um, the guy's face was priceless when the meeting started because then he realized I was running it. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, but yeah, uh, never, ever, ever, this is kind of side, outside of the question, but never stay quiet. Um, believe in yourself, that's a big thing. But no, that's out of fine. my soap opera. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> fine. I? That's like good advice. You know, some people are very intimidated to just like step in, like make themselves like put themselves in the spotlight, even though if they're like in a social circle that they're not like, like I guess um popular, I want to say, to yeah. where like they can make decisions of like, hey, listen to me or something like that. But yeah, it's just crazy to hear that. Like when you said about the oh. nail thing, just made my eyebrow lift up. I was like, Okay, because like I'm I'm a group leader in some projects and I have like um female classmates. I would never thought of just saying, oh, you can't do this because you have a hair appointment. Rather, I would just tell you, like, can you not do this because of a scheduling conflict like work or or life? But never in my mind would like yeah. the other. And, like... and it's yeah, it's about the way they say it, you know, because I knew he was making fun of all women because in their heads that we are we only care about hair, makeup, nails. And hey, yeah, we do care. What's the problem? You know, like we like color. I love colors. So I cannot wait to paint my nails. I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah, 
I'm actually ashamed of the messy that I have, the mess I have right now. You know, I care about that, but not, it doesn't mean that I don't care about my job. It doesn't mean that I'm not ready to get in there. And if I'm the type of engineer that prefer not to start connecting things, is there anything wrong about that? I can be a perfect good engineer. I can do design and analysis without actually building the robot, for example. I love building robots for art. So I'm like, here, give me, the, give me the wrench. I'll do it. You know, that's not for everybody. And that applies men and women. You know, everyone has their preference when it comes to engineering and engineering can go, can go through so many different paths. So I have witnessed the exact same thing. And um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to be defined by how you look versus who you are as a person right off the bat. And obviously, you know, when you walk into that that room and you're like ready to go as far as on a management level and it's just like oh you're not here for that you're he you're not here to lead people you're here to do other people's service that's that's essentially why you know how you are seen by some people and it's really unfortunate um but i i know exactly what you're talking about and at the society of engineers uh for nationals we have a shirt for volunteers, um, for uh, the role models uh, specifically, and I'm one of the role models that says, this is what an engineer looks like on the shirt. And just nice. to be like, and I'm like, and I got my nails. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, got, and, I, and everyone always is like, oh, but you don't look like you're an engineer and, you know, and all that stuff. And it's just like, <sighs> yeah. you know, there is no look, you know, I don't grade, I don't grade anyone as far from a male perspective of what an engineer looks like, but we have all this you know, if you don't look like this and if I don't have my steel toes shoes on and all this other stuff, right? Like yeah. you're not an engineer, but it's just like, it's, it's very un unfortunate, but we're breaking, that's what we're here for. We're breaking the barrier. Yes. And um, so, yeah, uh, my question that I have for you, since initially it was kind of, you already kind of answered it. Cause it was uh, primarily, how do you experience resistance from men and how do you deal with it? And now we kind of capped that off. So I, I would like to go to my next question which is how do you push for a systematic change around ideas that are new or not that popular as a woman Oof. <laughs> let me think about that one how do I push oh I don't even know how to approach this one but um I guess the only thing I can think of is leading by example and teaching the people around me, um, especially interns. I love talking to interns. I love talking to new hires um, and just having the conversation. And yeah, and just <laughs> continuing. Um, if there's a specific issue, uh, we have a, a lot of um, support at NASA just to bring it a little bit back to my work. Um, I don't wanna focus it just on NASA, right? We're talking about everything in general, but just to give you a specific example, uh, we do have like diversity council meetings. So if there's um, an issue um, that's kind of related to like a mindset, like we are talking about and unconscious biases and all that's um, the realm completely, we do discuss it and we try to find ways of how to, to tackle the problem, you know, and try to identify the root, the cause. Is it the mid-level managers? Is it upper management? Is it, is it neither? Is it the new hires, you know? Is it the new culture coming in? Um, 
every generation has their own culture, right? So it's kind of identifying where that problem is starting and trying to make um, kind of a plan of how to teach the community. Because at the end of the day, it's about, <laughs> we're going circling back, communication. It's all communication at the end of the day. It's having those talks and having um, making people think about the problems and, and understand why we need to make a change. I completely agree. Like the way, you, you know, we were just enlightening Carlos over here about, you know, our perspectives and like it, that kind of initiative to communicate, you know, the inadequacies of, you know, what we, you know, what we live through and pushing that type of, you know, input into other people's heads really opens their eyes and you can only do that. And the best way through to do that is through communication. So that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. I agree with Susanna. You know, that's kind of what I value the most as a leader, just communication rather than just other types of skills. But I was just very interested in that. But just um, so I wanted to ask you, um, uh, Gabriella, in to keeping up with the workplace stuff, how has your culture informed your experience in your workplace? My culture and what? Sorry, I missed that. Uh, part. So the question is, how has your culture informed your experience in your workplace? My culture as a Hispanic? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if you're talking about culture, like NASA culture or mine specific one, I guess. Well, I mean, it's like it's general. It's like a very open, very broad kind of culture. (laughs) I'm going to say how how to tackle this one. Yeah. Um, How we influenced yeah no inform your experience in the workplace i'm not really sure what you're asking me here i'm sorry no that's okay uh, i'm sorry i'm just like sh- uh, sifting through but um let me let me try a different question actually this one actually i'm curious to ask and this relates to your your time in college um were there like what kind of technologies did you learn in college that kind of benefited you to working in NASA? If none, what technologies would you recommend like in a proficiency, like proficiency skills before college students enter into NASA? Like as an advice for people who want to apply to NASA, what would you say? What type of technologies would you like have them seek in college for them to like uh, have a better chance of getting into NASA, such as you did with your pathways? Um, I have to say it depends on what type of position you want to go into. Um, I was always very much into design and a technical role, which I know know a lot of people prefer management. So it it depends a lot on what path you want to take. That's essential. Uh, If you don't know and you start trying to figure it out, I would advise um, to learn any kind of software that are tied to your major. Again, I'm mechanical, so I will use mechanical engineer as an example. Um, I don't know. I know some softwares for other engineers, but I'm going to let's keep it into what I know for sure. Uh, but just out of the bat, I took a class in university that taught me 3D CAD modeling, 3D modeling. And that we use Pro Engineer, which for my luck, I guess, is the same software that NASA uses. And that, hey, I have to say the universe aligned. I don't know what happened that 
that was the class they gave me and that's exactly the software they use. It was like a match, automatic match. I did took the time in college to learn. Uh, so once you know cap modeling, um, learning other softwares are, it's very easy. Because once you get the, um, the basics of how it works and how you create those models in the computer, transition into a different, different software is, it's very, you'll, you'll get it fast, if that makes any sense. Um, so I would advise getting at least like, a, it doesn't have to be a whole class, they do some events that they teach you for like an hour how to use the basic approach, just so you have that in your background. Um, same for fluid, this fluid dynamic analysis. There's some softwares for that as well. I did that in college and I used it in my job. That opened me up for projects that maybe my supervisor was not thinking of me doing, but because I had that background, I was like, hey boss, I can do this. And he was like, oh, you can? Oh, awesome, go ahead. So I, I actually led one of my projects because I knew how to do fluid analysis. Um, again, it it's gonna depend a lot, lot, lot on the path that you wanna take. Um, there's no clear direction. Um, I have to say, once you get a job, they're gonna teach you what they want you to know. Um, and the perfect example, I did propulsion, I did hypergolics. Does anyone here know what that is? Because I bet you, you don't, right? It's, they don't teach you that in school. And hypergolics, just fun fact, it's a propulsion. You don't need an external energy. Um, so they basically, as soon as they touch, they go. You don't need heat. You don't need anything. Um, and that's, yes, I took fluid dynamics in college, right? But they don't go into propulsion. They don't talk about it. Um, I learned everything during my internships. And... I think I can speak for any company. They will, they will teach you. All they need to know is that you're willing to learn. That's the biggest thing. That you're motivated and and you're not gonna kind of give up at the first challenge they throw at you. Leadership. If you guys can get leadership experience, that's even better because that's something you don't. They don't teach you at school, right? We have classes. We have classes with books and exams. That's it. So getting that exposure and how to talk to people, how to explain your your technical challenges, how to portray that forward to upper management, that's essential. And you get that, the only way you get that is to participating in, in clubs, in projects, in, in leadership positions as you both are involved. It gives you exposure, giving you those um, kind of soft skills that the classes don't give you. And that is, I would definitely recommend that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that was actually really good advice. Uh, yeah, most, yeah, that pretty much that's kind of what my experience has been in college, just tests and textbooks. I mean, I did mention earlier, we did do group projects where we do, where you do have a moment of showing leadership and such, but I mean, yeah, honestly I do tell, and probably I'm going to say this in a future episode about interviews that soft skills are very important. Like just, you know, it goes a long way. So it's just to hear that from you uh, as a professional just like sets the like sets the bar for like what they're looking for. And it's also very reassuring that there are companies that just going to teach you what you need to know in order to uh, excel at the job. You just have to be willing to learn, which I think that's just a very good point. And also just to um, end things off, 
it was kind of like fate if you want to be honest if i'm being honest it's kind of like fate that you happen to learn that technology that led you to being into nasa it was like pretty much fate yeah no for sure and again i wouldn't never i mean i'm 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 sure that was a plus you know Mm. for my resume i i still i went into um the group that hired me it was propulsion right but it wasn't specifically for design it was more for operations work um so me knowing the technology might or might have not done anything to be honest because in a world of operations you don't really need to know that I just gave my branch an extra asset, if you, if I can say it that way. Like I, I gave my my entire group like, hey, we can do design now because I'm here, you know. Mm-hmm. And eventually, so I, the the group I started was an was an operations focused group, and the eventually emerged with design. So it was kind of perfect because they already had me, so it worked out. Um, I think a lot of the things that helped me as well was my my super my extreme excitement to be part of nasa because that was my dream so i was like i want this so the guy was like you like math i'm like yes i love math like cool i'm gonna interview you and then i call i remember calling my family i was like i have an interview with nasa i'm like i can't believe it (laughs) so and then the rest is history but yeah having i guess well diverse in different things will definitely help you yeah definitely i mean you probably heard the saying, you know, do what you love. Honestly, when that happens, you're basically unstoppable. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay. So I wanted to go into, I think from my, from what I've seen, we really need a big push in enhancing a lot of younger women and, you know, from all age groups into just like we were talking about earlier about getting into the realm of, you know, STEM. And I want, and I, I, this is kind of hard as far as like motivational goes, it goes back to like that kind of a, of a, of a thought as far as like when I talk to a lot of women and a lot of girls um, at school, I just talked to middle school the other day, they're very, very like foreign, it's a very foreign concept for them to be in STEM. But once they're even in STEM, I've seen the retention of them continuing in an, a STEM oriented uh, major so a lot there's a huge decline in women um, re- maintaining because of how rigorous it is and so I just want to know from your perspective how would you encourage women to not give up on you know on something that there are a lot of people aren't supported in like I can personally say my family unfortunately where it's like yet yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be an engineer around a bunch of men estás loca like you know <laughs> so <laughs> You know, so like, you know, to not have that kind of support and to have, and I'm essentially that person who's like, no, you can do it. How do you go about like really like in trying to like impact people's uh, like mental state and saying, hey, you can do it. Don't give up. And I think, I think you answer your own question, to be honest. Um, Having (laughs) that support is crucial. Um, I, I guess I was, I was lucky. My family was fine. They never said anything. They were like, okay, <laughs> you know, it was not like, yeah, you got this. Actually, maybe because, so just as a side story, and I don't want to derail the conversation, of course, but my mom always loved numbers. And I remember for her time, she had to write those, take those aptitude tests and the results came in and she was super high in math and science. And her counselor was like, yeah, you can't do this. 
you're gonna go into medicine into like something related to to being a doctor type of work so she never did because she didn't have that support she didn't have the counselor didn't understand she was like this must be wrong you cannot be so high on numbers like what this is impossible you're gonna be i don't know what she told her i don't know nurse i don't know she's a physical therapist now she's an amazing physical therapist uh, i have to say um not because she's my mom but yeah she's awesome um but yeah so she didn't have that have that um this is this is a process unfortunately because a lot of girls um like you said might go into stem and then not finish because of the challenges and i think part of the a lot comes within us to be honest i when i get pushback i get mad in a way inside of me so i'm like oh yeah you think i can't do it are you sure and then i'll be like i got this because you said i couldn't do it now i'm going to do it better you know <laughs> i get that and that's within me you know i just get like that I don't know if passion is the right word. I know it's not a very positive spin off on this. I apologize for that. But, but I, I get that urge, like, no, you're not going to shut me down. Like, I know I can do this. I trust myself. And unfortunately, a lot is on us and each person individually, because you and me can talk to a girl in STEM and motivate them and tell them, like, hey, I'm here. If I'm here, you can do it. And that helps, actually, if you can show them all the women that have succeeded um, to show them like, hey, yes, you have a challenge here, but this is how you can tackle it, which is teaching them. That's the other step, like giving them the support and letting them know that, hey, I am here for whenever you need me. You want to call me and scream? I'm here. I'll just probably put the phone over here, you know, far away from my ear, but you need to do it. If you need to scream, you need to cry, you need to go for a walk, you need to like take a breather during a meeting because they're not listening, say it. Don't be afraid to speak, like I mentioned before. And and just for people from the outside trying to motivate them to finish, giving them that support, giving them the strategies on how to how to prepare, how to answer those comments that are intended to hurt you maybe on purpose or maybe not on purpose because unconscious bias is a thing it is real and people might do it without noticing and that's that's the hardest part because some people might not want to treat you differently it's just automatic it's in like ingrained in their brains or something like it's not they're not doing it they're not bad people a lot of times um so i think yeah between giving them that support showing them examples and giving them the strategies that will go a long way. Also continuing the push to change the culture that we are in uh, for people of all of our generation, everyone that is already in the industry, teaching them like, hey, they are capable and they are studying and they are working hard and they're not here to not do anything, you know, like teaching them like, hey, please, please be open minded and listen to them. It's it goes both ways. We need to tackle from both ends to make a better um, environment for everyone. Completely agree. Yeah, I was on a Google uh, panel last year and I, I, I described that kind of anger slash like perseverance as like a spicy attitude. I'm like, 
Sueno Latina, super spicy, like, you know, like, once you're focused on something, it's like, get out of my way, you know, <laughs> kind yes. of attitude, so, and yes, I agree, when it comes down to, like, if someone says I can't do something, it really builds me up inside to say, like, you know what, that's completely fine, you can think that, but I know that I can, and um, my work will show you different you know your yeah. and your perceptions and your opinions are going to change no matter it's, it might be now or it might be a slow process but you're also going to change other people's mindset with what you can do right so that's yep. awesome thank you yeah that was amazing gabrielle and just want to say like you know that that's like very thoughtful just like to help the future out like let's just say if there's some there's some girl, middle school or high school, who's thinking about the idea of becoming an engineer, computer scientist, doesn't see too much of that. It's nice to know that, like, that it does exist. It, it's, it's there. It's just, but I guess I want to try to say it's like, it's not impossible, but it is hard, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, just to go off of what Susanna's question, I do want, like, I think we have enough for two more questions. So I guess I'll just say my last question is like, off of your um your answer of support and if you would give that to a, a, like a younger um, eager stem student what would you say to you like let's say if you went if you went back into like you, you see your college self like what kind of advice would you give to your college self in terms of like that support that you mentioned earlier um i guess the main thing i would say is tell myself years back is to trust myself. And I, I do, I know I mentioned that I get that fire, but I do crumble a lot of times. I do doubt myself more than I should. Uh, I've had so many people tell me like, no, you're great. You're, you're gonna like, you're really good for this or that position. I'm like, no, I'm not. Um, I got an award recently and I was like, why did they give me an award? And then I read the write-up that my boss submitted. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did all that. <laughs> like, I didn't even like notice it or thought it would be worthy enough to for an award. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it, it happens, and I to this day I'm not gonna lie. I need to remind myself like where I'm at is because I worked hard and I deserve it. It's not luck. It's not like they they just gave it to me because I'm Latina and I'm a female. You know, like no, like I I work hard. I deserve this position and everyone's happy with my performance. And every time I I get those meetings of performance review, every time my boss are like, yeah, I talked to your team and everyone's happy with you. And I need to be like, okay, like I'm in a new team now. And they accepted me, completely new people. Like I, like I did a 180 in my career last year. So all my team, my bosses, my boss, my boss's boss, my boss, like everyone above me is completely different from before. So I, I had to kind of, in a way, restart, you know, and I need to start again in the sense of introducing myself to the team, um, proving myself of why I'm there and what I can bring to the table. And it's challenging. <laughs> so I struggle with that a lot in college. Maybe in that example, I told you, maybe if I had stand up to my teammates and I was like, no, you need to listen to me. This is what you need to do we would have not wasted like two hours until they accepted what, what I said was correct, you know, because I'm like, okay, they don't want to listen. I'm not going to keep talking. Um, so that I think that would be the biggest thing I would say. Um, 
I had really good friends in school as well that gave me that support. And they, they gave me that encouragement from time to time. Like, yeah, you got this, like you're great. And I'm like, are you sure? My family was also very supportive. I was lucky in that end as well. So, um, but yeah, I think that'll be the biggest thing I would say. Yeah, that, that was, that was well put, honestly. Yeah. I mean, off of like what both of you say, when someone tells you that you can't do this and it fires you off, I'm always, I'm actually curious if, if what, what, what actually puts you down would be like yourself, like giving, like, I guess, negative thoughts of like, you know, you can't do this. Like yourself is telling you that. Cause I've had that before. Like that's the, that's the only person who would like bring me down is myself rather than a random person that I just don't know. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you had the support. I mean, honestly, the most successful people out there, I can guarantee you, did not get where they were without the help. So with like friends, family, etc. So yeah, it's nice to know that that is that's that you had that in college. I think everybody should. I mean, that's the point of college. You think it's just about a de- getting a degree or just an education, really? It's the experience, the network. Like, not many people know that you are networking with like soon to be somebody's, you know, just like people that could help you out in the future or people that can open your horizons per se into what you want to do as a, in, in your future, basically. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm taken back, but I'm glad that people like you two that just have this mindset and are still willing to go despite the challenges, despite the hurdles. And I'm thankful for that. Thank you. For sure. I agree. Um, and I've, um, Gabriella, the same thing that you said, like, oh, yeah, you have it seen, you have to see it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I did that. Like, sometimes I, I'm, uh, I've also read an article about it, that women tend to be so much more humble. And we're just like, we that we downplay a lot of the things that we do, especially like a lot of the great things. And there sometimes I have to look at my resume, just before an interview or be- before something just to be like, wow, I did that. I could see it. It's all tangible. It's not luck. You know, it's, it wasn't, uh, again, like you were saying, it's not because you're just a woman and you're a Latina that you got this. If anything, it was harder to get it because of that. So, um, you, and there's a bunch of borders and things like that, that you surpassed and that you like went through to get and make that happen. So it's really great to hear. And I feel the same way. Like there's sometimes I downplay myself and I, and I also have to be like, okay, I built my, I, I built it up. Now, now I'm slowly deteriorating and I just got to like reinforce the structure again. So that's really yeah. interesting to hear. <laughs> For sure. And I mean, I, I just met you and your bio was impressive. So kudos oh. on that. So yes, you should definitely, um, remind yourself because you have definitely accomplished a lot and there people are always gonna talk you know people are always gonna I when I got my internship I remember my parents were like oh my my daughter's going to NASA you know like their parents being parents being parents you know yeah um and someone told my mom like oh no tell her not to go they're only hiring her because she's Latina well I'm not technically Latina right because I'm from Puerto Rico I'm Hispanic Okay. <laughs> uh, it's kind of we yeah. kind of like swing both terms yeah. both ways but yeah. I guess because I'm in the Caribbean I'm not really Latina uh anyway that's another topic for another day <laughs> but 
Um, they're like, yeah, no, they just want the numbers and they just want her because she's Hispanic. And it's like, no, man, like I, I work really hard for this. Yes. I deserve it. I'm not being hired because of that. You know, I'm being hired because I, I learned how to do the design. Like I was talking to Carlos earlier. I, I did well in my classes. I have engineering. I did aerospace as like, you know, projects. I have it. I got people telling me you don't deserve to be at NASA. And it's like, who are you to tell me that, you know? What are you basing that on? Because you didn't get hired or because, you know, like, what's, because I'm a woman? Because, like, what's, give me a reason why I don't deserve it. Like, I work really hard for this. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I, I felt, I feel it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've actually been told that too. So that's, it's so, it's so crazy. It's, it's really crazy, you, you know, that to have such a similar experience it, and it's not a, it's not uncommon at all. Um, yeah. But one of the, the last questions I have for you is I know from like an, uh, as a support factor, how important to you, how important is it to you and to other people to reach out, to have a mentor to help you grow as a leader and that kind of knowledge transfer I, I personally think it's really important, but at the same time, what do you think uh, you should do as far as going going out and like finding someone within like NASA or or do you seek, um, is there like a, I should say like there's a program within it or something like that for you to have a mentor? How, what do you think about mentorship in, in general? So first off is essential. And that applies to everything, not just your career, to be honest. Um, if you have a hobby, how do you learn? Looking at videos, taking classes, that is a mentor. Your professors are mentors. Your colleagues are mentors. You can learn something from everybody. And that if you open your ears, I guess, you know, in a sense, um, that doesn't make sense, right? But you know what I'm trying to say. Um, if you really, really listen around you, you're going to learn so much. And that's going to help you grow as a person as a, and as a professional. I have my mentor at NASA, uh, which I reached out to him on my own because I admired his leadership role, his leadership. Um, oh my God, I lost the word. What we were talking about at the beginning, uh, his type of leadership, I admired it. Um, I knew how well he, he talked to people and he would get the attention from everyone immediately, you know, and everyone trusted him. And for me, trust and communication is essential. And those are two things that he had. So I was like, hey, you have time to be my mentor. And so that's, I encourage everyone to do that. Um, if you see someone and you're like, wow, I want to be him. I want to be her, whoever it is, go to them. They might have time at least once, just set something up at least one meeting, you know, set something up, talk to them for like an hour, pick their brains and you can have multiple mentors. You can have, I have my official mentor um but i treat everyone around me as my mentor because again even from new hires you're gonna learn new stuff uh nasa does have a mentor nasa connect is the name of the pro the um the system i guess it is online and you kind of put your profile and you write the you pick the con the um not contingency oh my god competencies that you want to build up and the system will match you or recommend you to different mentors and then you can, from them, from there, you can follow on and you can sign up to be a mentor or a mentee. So they're going to try to, the system is set up to try to match the mentor with the mentee because mentors do learn from their mentees as well. 
as my mentor all the time, he's like, so Gabby, how do you think I did in this presentation? And they're like, the first time he did that, I was like, you're asking me? Like, can I actually answer this sincerely? You know what I mean? Like, you're a manager. I don't know if I can be like, well, the introduction sucked. You know what I mean? But no, he was, it, it's a, like he says, it's a two-way two -way conversation. And I, I've been sending him stuff. I'd be like, I, I, I'm thinking you're great for this position. Check it out. Check if this is aligns with what you see yourself. Because everyone on any level, you still have a plan that you want to achieve, right? Um, so anyway, bottom line, yes, find a mentor. Uh, if you're in the university and you're in, yeah, taking classes or whatever, it's still important. I never had one. I should have when I was in college. I feel like I would have gotten uh, a lot more experiences if I had done that and I didn't. So I definitely recommend everybody to find someone. Um, you can start with the counselor in the school. Um, you can go to Carlos and Suzanne. I don't know, <laughs> I'm throwing you guys in the bus. Um, but I'm joking. But no, uh, definitely find a mentor. Find someone that you admire. Ask them how they did it. Ask them, um, yes, a lot of things. I mean, jobs, you know, in general, you need to apply. Apply to everything. Don't be shy. Don't be like, oh, they're not going to pick me. You don't know that. <laughs> My position that I'm in right now, I never thought they would, actually. I didn't at the beginning. The first call was like, we picked someone else because the other person had more experience. I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. But the, 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 not, the rejection came with, you did great in the interview, but this person had more aligned experience with A. Like I said, I changed my career 180. Like, I knew I didn't have the experience, you know. I had some, right, because I was a lead design engineer. So in a way, I was leading with projects, but I was not specifically a project manager, right? Um, I hung up that call and I had a smile in my entire face because I was excited that I did well in the interview. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I killed the interview. I didn't get the job, but I killed it. <laughs> anyway, time passed and then they were like, we have an up, up position and you'll be great for it. I'm like, I'm in. So I ended up getting hired for this. They gave me that opportunity that... I didn't even believe in going back to believing in yourself, right? Because I came from design and it was a project management position. I'm like, I mean, I have my little projects, which I completed. Does that count? <laughs> it's completely different, but I learned through them. It's applicable. Um, but That's part of great. life. <laughs> no, that's so great. Um, it's And I'm really happy that you said like, hey, even if you, you know, don't think that you know, that you're capable or like you have like enough confidence to, to do that. There's so many times when I've literally had my mouse over the apply button. I'm like, should I apply? No. Should I apply? No. And I'm like, I'm literally like, click, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like you know, I send, and send it anyway. Like, because, and even to this day, like, um, you know, to the job I have right now, I was like, because it was a more advanced and more experienced and they, and I accidentally like thought that I was just like, I saw the experience. I'm like, are they going to take my internships and, you know, other things I've done into account as experience? And you never know what companies are like, yeah, they did all this stuff. Of course, I'm going to utilize that as experience. And there's some people who don't, but at the end of the day, you know, don't um, down yourself and downplay stuff that you know that, hey, if I, if, and again, it's that overthinking attitude to where like, hey, some other guy probably was just like nonchalantly like click, no big deal. And so then I have to be yeah. putting myself into that kind of mindset too. I'm like, hey, if someone else would be like, 
whatevs, you know, click on it, apply. And I'm like, why am I, what was wrong with me? Why am I overthinking this? But yeah, so that's really great to hear because I think so many people stop themselves from being successful because of that, you know, like downplaying, uh, you know, that, hey, I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not going to apply. But again, you, you never, you, know, you can only shoot so far and you're never going to make hit your target if you don't even try. Right. Yeah. So that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree with Susanna. And um, yeah, I mean, as well as with you, Gabrielle, um, mentorship is very important. You know, whether if you can't find an internship or just anything, mentors like are very helpful. I, I, I've, I've been in the presence of having a mentor and it's helped me a lot to like just figure out what I want to do and such. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I also I do have to agree with Santa. I have been afraid of been applying. I've been trying to apply to jobs right now recently. And I just like, you know, it just doesn't hurt to ask. It just doesn't like, what can you lose? Honestly, you I mean, does, does it like affect your grades or credit score? No, it just you're just like it's just a no. And then if you do get rejected, which most likely you will, you always keep trying. No, no, trying. no, no, no. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to. Why? Why do you use just those words? If you get rejected, why do you, say you will likely get rejected. No, no, I said if you do get rejected. Oh, because I thought you said and you likely will then don't. OK, well, I just you, I heard, like, that's what I heard. Well, actually, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was right? what I heard, yeah, no. too. Yeah. No, yes. don't don't downplay it. It's, it's the confidence factor. Say, like, if I do or if I don't, who knows? I tried something. So I still gained experience. Like there's yeah. there's yes. no downside. Just think of it. I'm applying. Who cares if I'm like the zero point zero 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 one God's going to get the job that's still more than a flat zero and that's it don't even like question anything else so again that you know the same way that gabriella is where she is it's because regardless if she is part of that over zero it's still over a zero so who cares you know and she's doing amazing things and you can too everyone like i think it's really it's really like i'm really aggressive about it and people are always like susanna you're so passionate and i'm like yes i, I will be that passionate person because i'm just like ecstatic about like cheerleading other people who don't have a cheerleader and you got to be that way and i'll cheer you on and gabriella's cheering you on and saying that too by calling you out yes I, I guess what i guess like what i'm going off as to why i said like you'll most likely get rejected is i guess going off when when i hear people say because like I, i'm in like this group chat of like other cs students in my colleges some of them have already graduated they tell me like it's okay if you like to face the rejection and i guess what i mean by most likely was just the part where you'll get a lot but still it's um you'll 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 find a way like it's not it's not like you'll never find an opportunity to get in that's why I was just like saying it like that because <laughs> I don't know just because like yeah I mean I've been on the end of the stick of just like that in that sense but I've also been on the other stick of where they say yes so I guess like I, I didn't word it right but yeah I don't want to <laughs> be I mean yeah you're you're right for calling me on that because yeah I mean sometimes I am like I have a negative I guess nihilistic kind of view of things but like I still want to try it around like dude turn it around just be like you know positive like you know eventually like I'll I'll get a job I'll you know have a career you know just future etc you know just like don't put myself in that box of like uh, uh I don't know just like uh, 
disappointment or whatever, you know? Yeah, no, I wanted to call you out on it because, yeah, confidence is key. And you don't know who's applying. Yeah. You don't know if the only people that apply are exactly the same people in your classroom. You might be competing with the same classmates that you see every day. You don't know, right? If you end up in an interview, the interview is your moment to sell yourself, to show them who you are. And even if you don't have the experience, you can show them that you are willing to learn, that you are passionate, that you're motivated. And that goes a long way when it comes, like classes, everyone has the classes. Yeah. <laughs> everyone does. Not everyone has the attitude. And you need to show that. And even again, maybe, maybe the position has certain requirements. That's a fact. You know, if you don't have, if they're looking for a mechanical engineer and you're electrical, chances are you will not get picked because you just don't have the skill set, right? However, if that's your target position, just by looking at it and applying, you know exactly what you need to work on yourself to prepare for that position. So as an electrical engineer, you can definitely do a mechanical engineer job. You just need to look into what are they looking for? Oh, they want a cab modeler. You can learn that. You don't need to go through an entire degree to learn how to do um, 3D modeling. You can learn that on your own using YouTube. You know what I mean? Like just reading those, and I've done that. I've looked um, for my kind of plan of what I want to be in a few, in a few years or whatever. I've looked into position. I'm like, I would like to get to that. What are they looking for? So then I write those competencies down. I write the skills like, oh, okay, I will need to learn this and that. I'll work on that for whenever from here to five years, if they open a position, I'll have that and I can compete. So it's, it's a process. If you get an interview, just going through the interview process, you learn a lot. That's why I was excited that I went good in the interview. I sucked at interviews. I was not the best when I was in college whatsoever. Um, the NASA interview I probably nailed because I was so passionate about it that it came natural. Because that comes off when you're in an interview, right? If you see someone like, we know you're shy. We know that. But if you're like shy and not really telling us much, we can't vouch for you. Because mm -hmm. more often than not, it's a panel. And I might have read your resume and I'd be like, wow, Carlos and Susana had amazing resumes. But then you come to the interview and you're like, so how do you face a challenge? Uh, well, the guy yelled at me and I stormed off. And that's the end. Like, how would I say, she's yeah. great if you yeah. give that in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. going, the more interviews you go through, the better you get. So just putting yourself out there is going to help you find a job. Bottom line. There's no other way. Like you said, Carlos, you don't lose anything. Um, no one is tracking how many jobs you apply to. Yeah. Apply to everything. Um, you only need that one experience to kick off your career. Hmm. Uh, I couldn't have said better myself. I actually might use that for... Uh, I'm actually working on an interview episode, like how to do well in an interview. I might use this bit in the episode for that. But yeah, thank you, both of you, for the support. And actually, just like... <laughs> tell me about like you know don't give up and stuff but yeah thank you so much you're welcome <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that's it for today i mean thank you so much for both of you guys uh listeners um you've heard from susan samoya and gabriela escalera two guests that i'm thankful to have on this show you can listen to susanna's um interview after this as well as catalina also want to say thank you to her for these questions. I kind of butchered a little bit on some of them, but nonetheless, it's a lot better than what I would have said. I probably would have told Gabriella 
do you like science and that would have been it but <laughs> um but yeah thank you so much for the two of you for coming in today's episode and also for our topic women for women's months our women's month episode thank you for both of you for coming it's great that we can acknowledge for all the uh the female uh figures in stem that have contributed to the sciences and it's important that we acknowledge them and thank you for both of you guys for coming in and talking and um, thank you for this conversation <laughs> but yeah yeah thank of course so, thank yeah, you so uh, much it was great being here gabriella it was great meeting you yes same thank you for everything all right have a good one so that was the end of our interview. Thank you so much to Gabriella, Catalina, and Susanna for their time, their questions, and all around the work that they've done throughout their whole lives. Thank you so much. Uh, I will leave links to their social on the description of this episode if you want to check them out. And I um, also want to say thank you to the listeners for coming back after a year of this hiatus, I guess you'll call it. And you're probably wondering why out of the blue I uploaded an episode i'll just come out and say it i've been dealing with some you know school work and also some personal things in my life but now that it's summer i'm just trying to like navigate and trying to i guess schedule a more coherent i guess uploading schedule for these episodes they might lean on that like one season kind of thing where like i'll announce that this there's a new season of apex that will have like 10 episodes and they'll be released weekly. And after the 10th one, that'll be it until next season. So it'll be something like that. But if you're concerned about the uh, show and want to learn more about it, updates and whatnot, feel free to check the uh, Twitter. It'll be listed also on the description of this episode. But also, it's ACM underscore Apex. Um, there, you can learn more about upcoming episodes, upcoming guests on those episodes. And also the occasional uh, memes of computer science. Hopefully it doesn't turn into just a meme page, but who knows. This remembered, there was something I wanted to share with you. We are actually uploading live episodes of the interviews onto YouTube. So what I mean by this is that the interviews we have are on Zoom. And sometimes I ask my guests if they're okay with having their cameras on or off. And I remember one of my guest mentions about posting these onto YouTube. I don't know who it was exactly, but was um I thought about posting these if in case you want to know what I look like or really don't. <laughs> but um if you're interested in seeing the episodes in that format, they will be uploaded soon onto YouTube. Although I'll admit it will be like a case by case thing, as I mentioned earlier, that I do have to ask my guests if they're comfortable having their cameras on. But also, if they're comfortable having this interview, you know, recorded to be uploaded onto YouTube. If not, they'll just listen to the audio. They'll just listen to the audio recording of it. But other than that, yeah, that's happening. That's the thing that's happening. But yeah, this is Carlos, and I'll see you around. Peace.